Jake, after going an incredible 13 and two on show last week, we, if my records are correct, are sitting now at five and five entering our last day of the week. So the pressure is on you no good. to have delivered us a good slate. Like we tell people, I give you all the power on this. You know, I, I and this is why we say we, we agree on these things, right? Because I, I come up, I, and the model does, right? I built the model, but I come up with that. I send that out, and then you guys pick what you like of that. So I'm never forcing you all to talk about something you don't like. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of the pressure's on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hoping I can come through here. I was hoping Jared could carry me after a couple of bad days, but he he uh, he's let me down a little bit. He, so he, now, he did okay. No, he's done well. I was just hoping yeah. he could carry me. Could carry there. more. Yeah, yeah. Went two and one uh, yesterday on those picks. Uh, the under in New York. I really is that one that uh, fifth inning. I think it was top of the fifth, maybe um, bottom of the fifth. I don't know. It was one of those innings there that just uh, Merrill Kelly, very un Merrill Kelly like, just. Got shellacked in that inning. They just could, you know, crushing him around, cost us that under. But uh, we got the Twins uh, minus one, and we got the under in the Rays Orioles. And of course, a fun note the play of the day here on Thursday was the Rockies, um, who got rained out. So, so I, yeah, and I kind of saw that coming, right? Uh, you know, and, and part of what, you know, I always tell people is you don't have to know everything. Sometimes you just got to find smart people. And listen to them, right? So I don't know the weather stuff, but I found a couple smart people that I listened to on the on the weather. And so based off of them being smart, they were kind of like, I don't think we're gonna play. And so I sent out an updated play of the day, which is actually raised plus one and a half. I kind of chickened out a little bit. I should have done a money line, chicken out, went with the run line. I went with the run line thinking exactly what cousin Jared and I talked about, which is exactly how it played out. Low scoring, tight playoff atmosphere, one run game, and I thought. I like the money line, but also the run line seems like not a sure thing, obviously, but like you got just like your chance of a one run game if it, if it played out just like we thought. And so uh, at least got the replacement play of the day since the play of the day uh, got got weathered out, uh, rained out, uh, just rough conditions in Denver uh, here on Thursday night from the sounds of it. Yeah. It was it was set up to be a fun one in Denver. The wind was going to be blowing and temperatures colder. I think the model projected under nine in course, which almost never happens. So I was really curious to see. It was going to be a, a battle between the books and the model. Books still had it up 10 and a half. So uh, we'll see if we get some cooler weather here in Denver and if the model's kind of going lower and how that how that plays out. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, here in September of those games in Denver. Yeah, it's always always fun to always find a way to catch a few unders there in the late in the year. In, in early. April's the same way, right? We're, yeah. Yeah, where sometimes you just get some some cool days and yeah, people are just oh 11 runs 12 runs and you get you get some like four to one games yeah yeah uh the three games you have picked out here today they're on slate we're going to start off with the rays and the orioles again we talked about this with cousin jared uh jake obviously you know curious on your take on this series a big one for playoff implications rays getting game one now move one game behind the Orioles. The difference between this game and Thursday's game, in my mind, is the starting pitching. A another good starter for the Rays, just like Savali was a very solid starter, just like Braddish was a solid starter, uh, even though I think the bullpens carried a little bit more of the load on Thursday than starting pitchers, but that's sometimes how it works. Sometimes you got to pick up a teammate, right? A little bit worse of a starting pitcher with Jack Flaherty, a guy who has been just a, a conundrum this year. It seems like he's been terrible, then he was good, then he was terrible, and he's, I don't know at this point. What I do know, 137 innings on the year, not a small sample size, 498 ERA, 440 FIP, 443 XFIP. So 
on average, we're talking about a pretty average pitcher, which is why he gets that 101 grade. The relievers, again, for the Rays are better, mainly because of Bautista just and how he changes the back end of that bullpen for the Orioles. Again, the top guys for the Orioles get a 96, so the top three closer to the Rays, but the Rays bullpen still solid. Uh, model says the Rays are 56% to like to, to win this. We got him here at minus 116. It's a B grade. Minus 119 is the B grade. Threshold minus 110 would get us to an A grade. So a solid B grade pick on the road raise. Jake, we're predicting here that they can get the win and move into a tie for first place here heading into uh, you know heading into Saturday. Yeah, I think it's big, and I think the, the rotation here is what's, what helps. That difference between the starters there is big. Flaherty is just not somebody you can trust. Um, not, I mean, I think the Orioles were taking a flyer when they traded for him. Hope it was a smart move. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't blame them. It just I don't think it's yeah. quite worked out. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the Rays' offense is better than the Orioles' offense you have on screen. And then uh, I just think it's really just the difference between the starters. I think the Rays will go and tie it up, and make this make this race a little a little interesting. Yeah, and you know, with Flaherty, he had that really great string of starts uh, that really propped his trade value up. Started to fade a little bit in his last starts with. The car was his first start with Baltimore against a very good Toronto offense with six innings, one run, uh, eight strikeouts. Looked great. And everyone was thinking, oh, my gosh, what a great trade. Look at what the Royals got. I, I thought it was fantastic. And then after that, it's been somewhere between mediocre and bad. Five innings, three runs, three innings, seven runs, five and two-thirds, three runs, four and two-thirds, four runs, three and a third, four earned, five total runs. It's not been great, really, for Baltimore. There was a time when his grade was – closer to 90, I think, than 100. Uh, and, and it's just, other than that first start, and the second start was okay against an Astros offense. That, we all have talked about this Astros offense, right? <laughs> Can look like the best offense in baseball or look terrible. You never really know what you do with them. But they've got the talent. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a rougher outing, rough, rougher going for Flaherty. And that's why I think Zach Eflin's been so good to us. That was when I saw this. I thought, hey, man, Eflin's been our boy all year. We've loved backing him. He's been so good to us. Uh, probably still a little bit underrated. Uh, this Orioles team is good. We've loved backing the Orioles. I still think they're a great team. Um, it's just like you said, the, I think he nailed it. The, the difference is the starting pitching is likely going to be um, what helps the race, what, what, what tilts the scale towards the race favor. Not to say – there are any locks in Gimli, the Rays are going to win this. It's just that, you know, you play this game 20 times and in enough of them, a bunch of them, that starting pitcher edge tilts things towards the Rays. Uh, and so that's what they've got to hope that, that Eflin does his thing and that Flaherty does his thing. And that sets the Rays up uh, for a win in this one. Jake, I'm curious, we talked about here, the starting pitchers. How, how do you feel about full game versus first five in this one? The first five market, we don't have it out yet. So we can't talk about a price, but just a general what are your thoughts there, knowing how much we like Eflin and how concerned we are about Flaherty? Yeah, in a situation like this, I'll double up. I'll, I'll play first five and full game because I, I I don't think the Royals bullpen is going to be that good to be able to pull Flaherty out. I think they're going to get a little overworked here. Uh, I think the Rays win the first five and win the full game. and I, I like to double my money sometimes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think there, there might be a, a decent little raise edge here as well. Probably it usually works up pretty close to the same. It's a lot of times we've got very similar grades on first five from the full game. We're not, you know, usually seeing it that differently from the sports books. Model says the raise, uh, 
first five money line price should be minus 114, B grade would be minus 108, and A grade price would be basically even money. So again, that same sort of 10-somethings get you in that same B grade range and worth it to, to try to double up here, take advantage of the starting pitching edge and that one. Uh, going to flip around a little bit here with the Phillies and Cardinals. Similar pitching. It's actually going to be on the opposite side. I'm not going to bury the lead on this one. Aaron Nola and Zach Thompson, as someone who rosters Aaron Nola in Dynasty and has the last couple of years now, he has not done well on the road to an extent greater than most pitchers. We always talk about every pitcher does – not every pitcher, almost every pitcher does better at home with the large enough sample size. The mound, they're used to it. The backdrop, that first inning, they know exactly when to go out there with routine. That first inning is often the toughest because you, know, you, you don't want to get too warm in the bullpen to wear yourself out. Uh, but you know, you may not be warm enough, that sort of thing. You always got the top of the line. The first thing's important. Nola's home road splits are a little bit higher <laughs> this year and even over his career than most guys. So Nola's by far the better pitcher here, but on the road, you know, is a little bit of a question mark. Um, otherwise, though, these two teams not drastically different with regards to the talent, drastically different with where their seasons have gone. The Phillies have been playing really well. The Cardinals have been just a disaster all season. Part of it's been the bullpen. So I think you have the same question here about how you want to handle first five full game and that sort of thing. The Cardinals definitely have some questions there um, with the relievers. The Cardinals' top three relievers, though, at least straight out at a, at a, at a 103. So if the Cardinals have a lead into, you know, after six, at least the guys they're throwing out there at the back end are league average relative to everybody else's top three. So at least it's not terrible in the back end. The biggest issue with the Cardinals is they traded a few guys and they don't have any depth. So if things start going bad for the Cardinals, it's going to go bad in a hurry is what the difference between that 110 and 103 tells you. Offensively, the Cardinals still have weapons, probably not as good as the Phillies offense, and especially some of these guys in the Phillies have been hitting the ball really well lately. Uh, I saw a, a graphic today about Trey Turner. If he'd been playing all season like he played these last four weeks, he'd have like 90-something home runs and like 200 runs. This is crazy stats. Um, you know, so the Phillies, of course, again, not trying to say they're not a good team, but on the road, Zach Thompson, I think he's even better than that 406 ERA, 51 innings. Underlying metrics suggest it should be more in the mid threes. I think he's not getting enough respect here. I think Aaron Nola is getting a little bit too much respect. I, I love the guy. I think he's a great pitcher. On the road, I'm not sure I trust him to lay big minus odds, though. Cardinals plus 127 offers a solid B grade. Price model says it should be plus 118. A grade would be plus 136. So not quite to that A grade, but solid B grade value here again on the Cardinals, Jake. Why did the Cardinals show up on your radar for Friday? I, I like the big one, the plus sign there with Nola on the road. I think a lot, I tend to play into that home road split. He's not very good at, or not, he's not quite himself on the road. Yeah. Uh, he's still a good pitcher. And I, I just think with the whole, then LA started being over, uh, Phillies are pretty well locked into the wild card. Might, might relax a little bit and let the Cardinals still one or two that are still playing. You still got like Thompson, I think, is a very good pitcher. Um, I think he's been a little bit unlucky this year, so I think you take a little bit of advantage here and maybe <laughs> and get a little more than double our money on this one. Uh, over his career, Aaron Nola's home ERA, 321, road ERA, 427. And like I said, every pitcher, for the most part, you will see – uh, that sort of split, that's just really extreme. And it hasn't gotten any better this season. Home 344, road 566. Now, I'm not sure that 566 is 
you know, indicative of his true row talent level, right? We don't want to make too much of some of these splits and small sample sizes, but it's, it's, it's been tough for him on the road. Something about, you know, he really likes pitching at home again, Every pitcher kind of does, so I don't want to make this into too big of a deal, but there's a little bit extra there with Nola on the road. Uh, and, and again, this Cardinals team, still not bad. Still got a lot of guys you know, playing for jobs next year, right? And we always talk about when you get to September, sometimes there's some value from these bad teams because people look at who's out of it and they just think, oh, well, they're not going to play hard. And these, sometimes these bad teams, they, they got guys playing for jobs, still go out there and play. Um, and I think uh, I, I retweeted the post about this Um here recently re re it. I don't think that's right either. Um, where somebody kind of talked through the argument. It's, it's, we're not trying to say in the analytics community that the mental aspect and the effort doesn't exist. It's simply that we don't know what it is. We don't know for every player. We don't know for every team. And we have to acknowledge we can't quantify that. And if you think you can go for it, but as someone who's tracked these things, if you're trying to pick that out, you're probably going to be about 50, 50 on it is the, is the problem because it's impossible to know for sure. Unless you have the inside information, you have a friend on the team, that sort of thing that can actually get you the pulse of that without having that information. We don't really know what's going on uh, in there. And so we focus on what we can track where the other things are just a toss up. And that's kind of the thing here with two with the Cardinals and a bunch of these teams that are out of it going on the stretch. We're kind of going to treat them for the most part as we don't know. We might have guys playing hard, playing for contracts, playing for jobs, playing because they love the game. We might not. We don't really know. And I think that's evidenced by a team like the Padres winning two out of three against the Dodgers here uh, this last weekend. A, a Padres team that we said is, is all but mathematically out, right? They would need to like win every game basically <laughs> the rest of the season to, to have a shot. So uh, all that to say, you know, Cardinals obviously out of it. Some of these bad teams at plus odds though are going to be worth a flyer here, uh, even though they're playing teams making the playoffs. And like you said, the Phillies might have a little bit of just the same mental letdown because the fact that the division's over, they've got a wild card spot. Obviously they're still looking to solidify that number one wild card spot. They're only a game up on the Cubs. Uh, so it's not like they're completely at this point just – taking a, a night off or something but uh you know we again we just don't know <laughs> what these guys mindset is and so what we can focus on is the cardinals bats just a little bit behind the phillies starting pitcher behind reliever behind but at home these big plus odds make a good long-term place plus 127 here be great pick on the Cardinals. same question to you about the first five and it's a little bit of the same story as the first game a little bit of a different story the relievers a little bit questionable for the cardinals but I mean, you still do have a decent pitcher for Aaron Nolan. So how, how do you feel about this first five specifically? The, this one specifically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with. This is a full game for me because, like, okay. like, it's different when I've got the better pitcher on my side. Like, mm. when I think I've got the better pitcher, mm. uh, especially starter. Yeah, Nolan's got those giant splits. But, like, we were talking about the similar thing with Zach Gallon the other day, and he, then he goes nine nine shutout on the, on the road. So, I mean, <laughs> Nola's got that similar talent, so he could he could do that. He can, yeah. Double up. You want double down against the against when you don't yeah. have the starting pitcher edge. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Hopefully, that's some good insight for our viewers. Which takes us to the late game: Dodgers and Mariners. Uh, you know, with Dodgers like coming off losing two out of three. I mean, at this point, when you talk about a team that doesn't have much to play for. You have to talk about the Dodgers, right? They are eight games back of the Braves. They're not catching them. Um, they're six games ahead of the Brewers for the two seed. And that two seed absolutely matters. You get that first round off. So you absolutely want the two seed, but they're six games ahead of them. 
you're getting pretty close to the point where they're locked into the two seat. That said, they're still an incredible team. And until they officially clinch, we are on Dodger watch, though, because they did this last year when they clinched and things got weird. There were just nights when, like, everybody had the, every big name in the night off, which seemed impossible, especially now that they don't have 40-man rosters. Back with 40-man rosters, right? You literally could get every start of the night off. Uh, so we are watching that, right? But I, but we haven't seen it yet. The Dodgers still going out there, you know, playing a normal lineup for now. They, you know, maybe later they will. We don't know. But for now, they seem playing a normal lineup. Two really good teams here. The Mariners, obviously a ton of play for right in the thick of things uh, in the wild card race, right in the thick of things in the AL West. So only a game and a half back of the Astros took that brief lead in the division. Now they're back to third. Those teams just jockey around like crazy. Uh, and either way, you know, trying to make sure that they uh, keep a stranglehold on that wild card spot, which uh, that third wild card spot, which right now they're only a game and a half ahead of the Blue Jays on. So again, they massive, massive games for the Mariners. Two really good starting pitchers: Bobby Miller, George Kirby. Miller's up over a hundred innings this year, three ninety eight ERA. Underlying metrics say absolutely he is that good, maybe even a tad better. George Kirby, three forty eight ERA. Underlying metrics say he's absolutely that good. I give a slight edge to Kirby. Both these young pitchers are good. If you're a fan of these teams, if you have them in fantasy, especially if it's dynasty, you got to be thrilled about this. Both these relievers are really good. The Dodgers relievers at times overworked, at times, you know, questions, but they still got a lot of talent. They are Mariners kind of the same thing. They've had some bumps and ups and downs, but a lot of talent. Both sets of relievers, you know, Definitely ups and downs, but I just think there's a lot of talent there when you look at who those relievers are. Offensively, though, it's no contest. The Dodgers are the better team. That's why they should be favored. They are. Minus 110 gets us to a C-grade pick. If it gets to minus 103, that's a B. In fact, we posted this up. You had the projections if you're with us on Dub Club, and this was minus 102 earlier in the day. So if you had the projections and you kind of knew our theory, which is Dodgers, you know, any value you take them, and just say in the long run, it's going to work out for us. If you were with us on Dub Club, you had those projections. You already locked in about even money on this. It's gotten a little bit worse as of now at minus 110, but still worth a play because it's still a slight bit of value in the Dodgers. And any slight value in the Dodgers, you just got to take them. It's kind of that simple, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, I mean, the Mariners have not been done Kirby any, any uh, favors here recently with losing, I think, four of his last five when he's out. But, I mean, he's only got one decision there. I mean, He's not been too great in his last three, letting up some runs. And then you had the Mets game where he only went three innings. So not, he might get like a young guy. I think he might be getting a little, showing a little fatigue, arm fatigue here. Uh, and that's not what you want going against the Dodgers offense. If they've got their full lineup out there, any weakness you have, they take advantage of. I think we see something like that where there's one inning where the Dodgers just put it on them and then go up two or three runs. And that's where the total ends up at. And Bobby Miller at this point is now uh, up to 115 innings. He threw uh, in the minors last year about this many. So he's about what he's done last year. So he's, uh, you know, probably okay. I think at this point, if you're the Dodgers, you're thinking about limiting those innings because you don't want him to um, – you know, beef and come playoff times. You're absolutely right about George Kirby. He's had 165 innings this year. Last year, he threw 130. And this is where we tend to talk about pitchers. We tend to only want them to get 30, 40-ish mornings in the year before uh, because of that fatigue factor. And so I think I think you're at, you might be on to something there. Not that Kirby can't go out and have a great start. He's an incredible talent. But you do have to be a little bit concerned. We view the world in probabilities, and the probability that 
this extra 35 now and counting innings might be wearing him down a little bit. Might lose a little bit of that effectiveness, uh, especially as he continues to crawl what looks like towards 200 if they make the playoffs. They're hoping he gets to 200 and makes the playoffs. Big jump there. So uh, that could be a, a difference there. This Dodgers offense so just so good. And, and you know, uh, my, my question to you, and I want to put you on the spot here, but, I mean, we did take the Dodgers last time you're on. We said, hey, if there's any value in the Dodgers, and that kind of blew up in our faces. Yeah. My thought on, you know, hey, again, we always say we're not predicting any individual game. We're talking about the long run. It's it's that sort of thing. That's kind of my perspective. I don't know if you have any response to that because I want to make sure, you know, there might be a viewer out there saying, hey, you said this two days ago. And they got Blake Snell. Of course, I also don't understand Blake Snell whatsoever, but that's a whole other issue. I don't know if you have any response to the viewer who might be saying that to their screen right now. No, I, I just think that was bad luck. Bad, everything went wrong that could go wrong. I, when a team is as good as the Dodgers, you have those games every once in a while, but you don't see them back-to-back back or like two of three. You, you see that happens once, and then they do four, five, six so good games in a row, and then another one. Like, I mean, there's a reason they're – like they're not like 120 and whatever right now. Like it's they're, they're going to have those games, yeah. but they're going to have those games. I, I, it's just they're not happening that often or closer together. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Right, they're not having that often, and that's why we always we try to find those top teams: the Braves, the Dodgers. Uh, the Yale, I feel like, has been such a mess. It's hard to say. There was a while for the Rangers, but they've been so mediocre. Like, I don't know if that's true. It's really just like the Dodgers and Braves this year. If you can find any value you want to, you know it's not going to always happen, uh, but <clears> – <throat> In the long run, it plays out, even though it might not play in the individual game. It didn't last time, but I hope it plays out for us. Another tough matchup. This Padres team, talked about, still has talent, and this Mariners team has talent too. So it's not like they're going up against you know the Pirates here or whatever. It's a tough battle, but we got a decent price here for the better offense, just as good of a pitcher, just as close of a pitcher, uh, and you know similar relievers. Uh, talking about good offense, taking the nights off, Jake. I don't know if you have any insight to the Braves. Braves just clinched. On Wednesday, they had Thursday off. I don't know if you do. You have a do you have your crystal ball with us to tell us? Are the Braves gonna have a full lineup on Friday? Are they gonna rest? Usually, you rest the day after, but yeah. now they have an off they day, so they're gonna off. go with the lineup. What's, what's your what's your Magic Eight Ball say about the Braves? I think they're going for it. They're they are closing in on just historical greatness, and I mm. think they're gonna go for it, especially with Olson, who just tied Andrew Jones for the. Uh, team record in home runs, so they're going to give him every opportunity to do that. you got Acuna that's looking at like a 40-70 season if he keeps going, which is just yeah. unreal. So I think there's too many things like that for them to rest. I think once they start clearing some of those milestones, that's when guys will start mm-hmm. taking things off. Okay. All right. So we'll see We'll see about that. Yeah, there's something to keep an eye on there as teams start clinching and have the next day they play. The Braves, fortunate for them, if they're going for these milestones, you're having the day off, they get to play a full – a full roster if they want a full lineup if they want to on Friday, but it will be keeping an eye on that, talking about that when applicable. Uh, you know, of course, they're they're still looking to clinch the uh, home field, which they will do eventually. It's just a matter of time. Uh, but you're right between and between Olsen and Freeman and Acuna and Betts, it just feels like those four guys. If you add their numbers up, those four players alone are probably better than like half of like the teams in baseball. I, I, I don't know if that's right. Or, it's just that's what it feels like because I swear every time I watch those two teams, we get to the top of the lineup and it's like, yep, those two guys, someone's getting a walk or a single and someone's getting a double or a homer. It's just like automatic. It feels like it's so those yeah, four it's, guys are just incredible. 
It really is. I mean, I don't think Freeman gets enough respect for how much, how consistent he's been through his career batting the way he is. Uh, and yeah. uh, just the numbers that Acuna is putting up right now with the still stolen bases and everything mm-hmm. is just wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, that'll take us to our pitcher prop of the day, talking about pitchers and fading down the stretch, right? A guy we've long talked about, Christian Javier. I, I love this guy, of course, and, and he holds a special place in my heart uh, for personal reasons if, if you were with us last summer. But, uh, y- you know, it, you can see at the start of the season he was pitching really well. He was had luck on his side. I don't really think he was pitching – Great. And we talked about it relatively early. There's a couple shows where I talk about, I say, hey, the underlying metrics are concerning for him. And that's what's gotten him. His ERA has skyrocketed. He's been hit around a lot, not getting that same luck. He's a guy who I think all those innings last year took a toll on him for this year. The World Baseball Classic took a toll on him. We're going to go under 15 and a half outs. It is laying a little bit of a price here, but you can just see for the most part, he's had a hard time reaching this number um, here in the back half of the season. It's not impossible for him to, but he's playing uh, a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark uh, here tonight in Kansas City in one of these still okay weather situations. It's got a little bit higher of a total. Most of the totals are starting to drop like a rock now with the cooler weather that we've had at fall. And the places where it's still kind of hot weather, a lot of them have domes, right? You know, Arizona, Houston, Texas, right? So, um, you know, weather's coming down, dropping these totals, but it's not dropping in Kansas City. It's still going to be a pretty hitter-friendly environment. These Astros games with Javier just seem to have a lot of runs in them. It's just the team scores. He gives up a lot of runs. As an Astros fan, if he goes five innings and gives up two runs, I would be thrilled. And you have to wonder, two nights ago, uh, Dusty pulled hunter brown after five innings of no hit baseball uh and of course they took that combined no hitter into the ninth inning and i think part of his logic had to be the innings and part of the logic had to be hunter brown has struggled so much he's got the stuff and wanting to just say hey let's finish on a high note what a great outing you can take this into your next one and when you see what javier's done that easily could happen again. If he has five decent innings, you could easily see after an off night and a fresh bullpen, Dusty saying the same thing. Let's have a good start. Let's build on this. Let's keep your innings down. I'm not saying he won't go six. I'm just saying there's a lot of ways you could win this because he could be bad. And even if he's good, we've seen Dusty here just two nights ago, take a pitcher who's been struggling and say, I'm happy with your five innings. You're qualified for the win. Let's build off of this because it's not been the best of times of late for Javier or Hunter Brown, which is what happened there. So uh, I like this one, Javier, under 15 and a half outs. We are paying a price. We've, we're 0-2 this week now on the pitcher prop. So maybe taking a little bit little bit of a safer bet here, laying a little bit of, of price. I think Max, he goes five. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, it's mainly Dusty Baker to me for this one. I think he's got a quick quick hook anyway, and then now towards the end of the season, it's even quicker. Uh, you can see there's been a lot of – five innings right around five innings mark there for Javier recent and I think that's what you're gonna say. I think five innings, everything goes well, bullpen's rested, he's gonna get hooked and then we go on. I think this will be a fairly easy cash. It helps that the Astros have Urquidy now as the long guy in the bullpen who's able to get some extra innings now that they've gone to the five man rotation and, and moved him there. In September you have an extra pitcher as well. So you just got extra arms in the bullpen to help out. Javier earlier in the season was doing better for Dusty. Dusty's a guy, <laughs> uh, you know, 
he, he gets the players to play hard. And that's one of the most important things as a manager. And so that is really important. And so as an Astros fan, you have to love that about him. He does kind of get things in his head and just kind of rolls with that. And that can be sometimes good and sometimes bad. Uh, more times bad, probably. If you're an Astros fan, you're probably screaming about, uh, you know, the, the usage of Yadier Diaz. Uh, you're probably screaming at, you know, or slash Maldonado. You're probably screaming at a lot of things that Dustin does. Uh, but he kind of, you know, early on in the season, Javier's pitching better. And in his head, he was... Javier's my six inning guy. And you can see that early on. And then as he struggled, it's kind of become Javier's my five inning guy. <laughs> you know, and you can see that it has gone along. And so uh, it's just not obviously every night, every game's a little bit different, but he kind of gets to a little bit more of those. This is how I'm using my guy gets a little bit more set into that. I think than uh, maybe some other managers do. And so uh, like you said, a lot of, a lot of those right around 15 here uh, as of late. And when it's not been 15, it's been more or less than above, unfortunately. Um, and again, as running September, we got to keep these guys arms fresh for the playoffs. They've thrown so many innings. Uh, and that's something to keep an eye on if you're doing pitcher props here. Extra arm of the bullpen, keeping guys fresh. Just things to keep in mind here. So under 15 and a half outs, minus 125 is our pitcher prop of the day. This was found via outlier.bet slash professor. Get your seven-day free trial. You search. I searched by prop type. You can search by game. That's what I do. I click each game and check things out. Uh, you can search by sport. You got NFL, college football, uh, WNBA, Baseball props, all sorts of goodies over there. Outlier.bet slash professor. You see that free seven-day trial. Check them out. All sorts of good sets. I've only got the tip of the iceberg here uh, showing people what we can do with that. Uh, hopefully, we can finish up the week with a winning pitcher prop. Jake, that is our show. Any parting words to head into the weekend for people? Yeah, make sure you go check out the football videos. I mean, college last week, you, you and Jerry just absolutely killed it. Mm. Just, that was unreal. Oh, that was a lot of fun because I just saw my Becky account just go up and up and up. And then, I mean, we already hit the first NFL. Already one. got we the first one, yeah. Over. So, I mean, make sure you, after you check out this video, go check out the, those. Sometimes get ready for the weekend. Yeah, and props to you for that NFL pick that over. Uh, well, very well done, sir. You, you know, our hypothesis was short week, uh, you know, advantage, whoever you – just. It, amplifies the advantage. And that's exactly what happened. The offense had the advantage to just amplify That game could have had even more points if you didn't have the fumble going into the end zone before the half. Uh, there were just points galore and the offense galore and exactly as, as you saw it coming. So uh, great job. Are you getting us off started on the winning note for the uh, NFL slate? We've got a pick on the college slate for Friday and then a ton of stuff for Saturday. Sunday. So absolutely check those videos out. Uh, as well. But otherwise, thanks for watching this episode of Picture the Professor. Make sure you subscribe so you can get all the sports content that we talk about, that we cover, that we give you here dropped right into your feed. Again, we'll be back next week with more content, baseball, college football, and pro football. But until we see you again, have a good weekend. Best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money. <laughs>